Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba, merhaba. Welcome to the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. I'm your host, Emre, and you are now listening to episode 73. Today, we're going to be talking about our previous game, or well, our latest game against Adana Demirspor at home, which we won 3-1. Today, I have with me the GOATs from North America. Yes, that's right, North America. Uh, episode today i have with me my closest neighbor yasin how you doing bro doing good my man chilling chilling uh same shit different day for me here um otherwise happy to get uh, on the podcast again with you guys good to have you man i'm sure you're extra happy why wink wink you know why Damn, bro. Summit's not here, but... Yeah, yeah. I, I got a cover spirit. for him, bro. I got a cover for him. John, do you know what I'm speaking yeah, of, I, potentially? I think it's a certain derby victory. I, I don't know. That, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. What else could it be? You nailed it on the head, brother. <laughs> well, John, how you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm chilling, man. I'm back in my beautiful Ontario home, uh, far away from Nova Scotia. I'm back home. Uh, any, oh, the 19 hour drive no, how was that oh dude just honestly misery from start to finish misery man you know i drove seven hours from nova scotia to the next province over new brunswick and then stayed the night there dude as soon as you get into new brunswick and then new brunswick to quebec 25 centimeters of snow minus 16 mm. degrees celsius like misery that's all i can say that's canada for you yeah eh? man misery what did, do you want to tell the people what you found out as soon as you got home? You opened your phone and what did you see? Oh, <laughs> what was it again? I forget. I think Yasin was saying something, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it was about related. Yeah, what was it again? He said something just outlandish, if I recall correctly, but I can't. I, can't. I think he was <laughs> praising the hell out of them. Yeah. Like, I drove 19 hours and the first thing I see is this. <laughs> yeah, bro. I can't remember what he said exactly. Something about praising Fener. Oh, oh, oh! That's what it was. The the Reddit recap came out, and uh, I haven't. I didn't check my phone the whole way, and uh, I finally get home. You know, put my things away, open up WhatsApp. I see Yasin sending a picture in the chat. Maybe your heart is elsewhere with the Fenerbahce Reddit. <laughs> like <laughs> just the most typical thing I've ever seen, and like he just shares it proudly as well. Like Yasin, bro, you just <laughs> I, I I don't know. You're different, bro. Bro, you're living up to the mantra. Yeah. Really, you are. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's, it's memes at this point. I just have to accept it, right? Like, y'all know why that shit came up on my Reddit. Because just like most of y'all, we go into the Fenerbahce subreddit for lols, bro. It's, it's a comedy club at this point. You know, their comments, their posts. You know, every fucking time Fenerbahce has a game, they open up a pre-match thread. And the main thing that they're talking about is a Gossite game. Like... Bro, that shit's funny to read. What do you want to tell you? To be fair, I haven't checked my Reddit recap thing. It probably says the same thing on mine. Because I, dude, when they're in chaos, oh my God. Oh my God, bro. I read every letter, every word on that subreddit. It's hilarious. But uh, 
That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, yeah. I, I share this shit. I get called out for but I know, like, <laughs> one in three of you motherfuckers have the same shit on your recap. You just don't admit to it. Bro, I'm going to say just the last thing on this. Um, So, for our listeners, Yasin has this thing, right, where he has this reverse, like, magic. Stop, 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 stop. Are we supposed to talk about this, bro? I shouldn't talk about this? I don't know. Like, when you talk about these things, do you take away its magic? Uh, okay. I don't know. Maybe okay. a, let's just say it's a totem. Yeah, he oh. has a certain totem. I'll leave it at that. Maybe we'll bring it up someday, actually. But uh, Emma, yeah. do you think you should talk about it? Uh, nah. You guys let us know on the Twitter, okay? <laughs> let us know on our Twitter if you want us to talk about this because he has a totem that just pisses everyone off really bad. But uh, yeah, let us know and maybe we'll let y'all know. We'll see. Well, I usually have my own totem. And that's me not giving score predictions. And, uh, well, it worked yet again. And we beat Adana Dimit at home 3-1. So, let's just get straight into the game, lads. Wait, 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 wait. Do we we remember what our predictions were last week? Uh, Did somebody predict 3-1? No, I don't remember. Fuck. Okay. Well, this is why you got to write these things down. You're the accountant here, Yasin. Uh, what are you doing? My bad, my <laughs> You're bad, the numbers bad. guy, bro. Yeah, you you work at Wall Street. Come on. <laughs> Noted for next time. Anyways, go on. Man. Yeah, yeah. So as I was saying, uh, you guys want to get into it? John, you want to take us into the game? Yep. Yep. Crack straight into it. Let's do it. So this was round number 15 of the Super League again. Like Emre said, we were at home to Adana Damage Sport. I will go through our starting 11 first. We had, of course, Muslera in goal, who, by the way, picked up a yellow card in this match. He's going to be missing our away match to Sivas, I believe, but maybe that's for later. Big oof. We had Muslera in goal. Our backline was Sasha Bowie, Victor Nelson, Abdul Kerim, and Barish at left back. Uh, Abdul Kerim was a question mark as well because of his injury, but happy to see him start putting a pretty good performance as well. Midfield was uh, Kerem Demirbay and uh, Lucas Torreira. Kerem, Mertens, Tete, and Icardi up front. I will go through some stats as well. We had 60% possession. Expected goals, 3.39, which pretty much lines up to the three goals that we ended up scoring. 22 total shots, 7 on target. According to FOTMOB, our highest rated player was Kerem Akturkolo, who was rated uh, 9. My dear friend, um, Karam. According to Sofa Score, our best, our, our sorry, our highest rated player was Icardi at eight point eight, followed by Karam, who is eight point five. Also a goat. Also a goat, correct. And um, yeah, honestly, um, I I had a good time watching this match. I think everyone would agree. Like I thought we put in a pretty good performance, and um, it was just uh, fun to watch. Like especially Adana is not necessarily the easiest opponent so i was really happy to see that we put a good performance in against them and um yeah overall great match we had goals from bowie who's rare you know it's pretty rare to see him on the score sheet he had a pretty nice goal though Kadam scored the second goal and then akardi got a penalty in in uh stoppage time but combo got the penalty but yeah he took the uh, the, the shot yes uh yeah but people are saying that Adana sold, you know. Hmm. Well, we know who they are, mm-hmm. right? Right. It's the the people that you know, Yasin visits very often. 
Ah, come on. On Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should we uh, should remind viewer, our listeners as well, like the midfield trio for Adana is Yunus Balhanda, Emre Akbaba, <laughs> <laughs> and NDIA. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy, yeah. bro. It, I, but then again, it's not like, you know, a, a certain team, a certain coach playing three at the back. Right. First ever in his career, basically. Right. First time a season after, you know, winning with a certain system and playing a kid that's never played there, you know, eh, same energy, right? And to be fair, Adana was terrible against them as well, against Fenerbahce at home, which Fenerbahce couldn't capitalize on because in my opinion, they were also pretty bad. But enough of that. Yasin, what did you think of the game, bro? Bro, shit was mad fun to watch, man. I, I really, really did enjoy watching this game. Uh, our best game this season you'd say um it could have you know I can't say clearly for sure just in the league in the league maybe I would have to think a a little bit more about it I would easily say yes if we finished half of the chances that we created because it's not the first time where we had a good game causing a lot of you know creating a lot of chances that we didn't finish so it's a little bit of a replica from that perspective but just in terms of how we played you know constantly attacking creating chances, ball movement, and also the speed of the ball movement was just a joy to watch. I really liked it. I think everybody on the pitch kind of really understood how one another wants to play. Everybody allowed one another to play the right way. Uh, you can't always say that about a Galatasaray game that you watch. Um, we have to be honest. I don't know. We're not very good. Uh, so that kind of made our job a little bit easier. Uh, but I also don't want to... You know, use that as a reason why we played good. Uh, credit to Okamburuk once again. I think we're really starting to see this team, you know, mesh in in the right way. Um, again, unfortunately, it's December that we're starting to see these things. But as we mentioned many times in the past couple of weeks, that takes time for a team with this much depth to really piece everything together. Because guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but like we're making changes to the wing, the midfield, the defense. And regardless of who plays on the pitch the last couple of weeks, it is working really well. And I think we can maybe try and key this down to one or two people. If I were to take a shot, I would say it's Martins who's really allowing this team to play quickly and efficiently. But um, yeah, that that's what I would have to say. I, if if we can play like this every game going forward for the rest of the season, my confidence in this team is at extremely high levels. I'm just really, really enjoying this team. And to add to your point, we are not playing with the full XI that we usually play. Like we had Mertens in there, who you know superseded by superseded by Kedam, which didn't really work well. We have Budish iPad playing left back. Kedam Demir by who's been pretty underwhelming. Uh, and our back line is also incomplete with uh, Nelson. Like, because Sanchez really just, just took the reins. But mm-hmm. I'm glad Sanchez is here because I see an improvement from Nelson. It, however bad the penalty might be, mm-hmm. it's still unfortunate like that, that it happened. But he's still improving. And I, and I like that there's competition between him and Sanchez. It'll only make Nelson better. And to your other point... You were saying we're playing fast, yes, and also we're playing with variety. It's not just, you know, mm-hmm. make them make mistakes and let's capitalize off that. No, we had set piece, set plays, playing out from the back. We had everything that you can think of. Mm-hmm. It was just a full package. And 
like you said, bro, th- you got to give Okamburuk time. I've said this earlier in the season, right? I've, I, I, mm-hmm. The guy knows what he's doing. You just got to give him time, bro. He's had to deal with injuries, out-of-form players, a hectic uh, schedule, which I think he did phenomenally well because we did have a rough schedule in the beginning mm-hmm. and we, we're going to have a better time in the second half. And um, listen, would you rather start extremely strong in the beginning of the season or start off bad and finish off extremely well? Let me ask you guys. Right. Like, I watch a lot of Premier League teams, right? And and look, Tottenham started off amazing. Now they're below. They're like, what, fifth place right now? Newcastle started off extremely well. Now they're falling off. You see? And it's just like, somebody was saying, oh, you enjoy watching them. I said, yes. But I'm you. I enjoy watching Galatasaray too. Galatasaray is not even at their best right now. I still think there's more to be seen. Like this is like a preview. I don't know. Am I am I onto something, John? Am yeah, I like speaking I, facts here? You know the th- people don't realize like it's a long season. You know, and just because a team comes out of the gates, you know, in the first few weeks and they're flying, scoring five goals a game, that doesn't like you can't just assume that's going to happen the entire season. You know, like. Don't you guys remember a few weeks ago or, you know, closer to the beginning of the season, we were like, oh my God, like our team has no chemistry. Like Zaha looks lost. Ziyech looks lost. This guy looks lost. You know, the players aren't playing together. But when you look, look how far we've come since since then, you know, from when we first got these players. Like the way that the team is coming together now is fantastic, man. And like, I'm just so happy to see the performances we put in in the Champions League so far. And now the performances we're starting to put in in the league now, I just, you know, I, I can't help but think once we reach that sort of climax, you know, that peak, it's it's over, man. Like, I don't know how, I, I don't know. I, I don't see I f- how we're going to be stopped. I don't want to jinx it, but how, how things are going right now is really, really good. Wait till the transfer period, bro. This team is three transfers away from being unstoppable. So a left back, yeah. a number eight, and a number 10. So speaking about that, so I think the guy last game that you know was sort of under the microscope the most was Barish, right obviously he's playing left back yeah so like what did you guys think about his performance first of all and you know do you think he he can continue in the league like champions league is something else entirely but for the league mm-hmm. do you think we can continue with that or or what do you like him more than angelino and uh, cosmojohn i thought he played pretty good last game like I'm not no complaints really. I I still don't think he's the best defensively, and like he obviously doesn't have the experience playing there. So like in, he his positioning is kind of awkward at times. But but that's natural, no. I mean, he's never played there. I I would never right. expect him to play in that position and just automatically know. Like obviously, I he's, expected it. Like he's gonna Called be it out even. Like he's gonna be awkward at times, right? Like I I yeah. can't fault him for that if he's out of position or like his positioning is just weird. That's fine. Like, I think going forward, he can offer a lot, even though he's not left-footed, which might hold him back in certain, you know, scenarios. But I, he looked good. He looked pretty good. There was a few moments in the match against uh, Yusuf where, you know, I was a little worried. I mean, that's worried, Yusuf, but, though. Yusuf yeah. is kind of, like, in decent form for yeah, Adana, he right? He he's is. basically their best player at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. If he can get better defensively, I would like to see where it goes. I'm still not that happy that I, I really, really would like a left-footed player there. 
But I mean, we had Dubois, who although he was a fullback, he played left back many times for us, you know, and he's right footed. So I don't know. Let's uh, something to keep Brush our eye on. Brush is a problem, bro. Brush is a problem because this guy has. I think he's like as strong, if not a little stronger than Bowie, and he's fast, bro. Yeah, he he's fast. He's lightning quick. Yeah, and he's, he's quick. a yeah. problem, bro. Yeah. For like, if he's defensively not great, he's offensively insanely good. Yeah. Like, for some reason, he just worked offensively, and he just knows. Like, he just one dimensional at times, right? But in this scenario, it's very good. He's like, I need to pass and run forward, which is a good thing because Cosm John doesn't do that. Angelino does do that, but there's no end product with Angelino. And he's just really weak on the ball. He gets shoved off the ball easily. If you're like one-on-one with Butter, she's kind of okay. If it's in an open area, like open space, then he starts to suffer. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that, that. That's what I saw from mm-hmm. him. He made like two mistakes, if I recall. But other than that, he was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Pretty solid. Yeah. What did you think, Yasin? <sighs> Honestly, man, um, shout out to Emra once again for calling oh, out that idea. I originally never really thought about the possibility of it, but, you know, Budish has proven to be a crazy joker of a player because he's able to play that left back position. You know, you, you kind of started off the subject with, you know, Angelino or Budish Alper, you know, going forward. Obviously, at the end of the day, Angelino has that experience of being able to play left back in terms of understanding the position, the role, when to go up, when to come back. He has more creativity, which is why we bought him in the first place, right? But given our situation where Angelino uh, has a clause, for those who don't remember, just a reminder, he if he plays a certain amount of games, we have to trigger his buy clause. And we are not really sure if we want to do that. So now we're left with two options, right? Either Kazim John play left back or Abdukerim Bardakchu, who is a, our best center back, I would say next to Sanchez, playing left back when he doesn't want to. Or now in this case, you pull a rabbit out of a hat, which is what Okan Burak did, and play Barish Alperyumas there. I agree with John. There's still a question mark there. We have to see a larger sample size in terms of if he can actually play that role defensively, appropriately, going forward on a consistent basis. But what I've noticed is we kind of allow him to play to its strength and have the rest of the guys make up for his weaknesses or I should say maybe his not his strongest points and that is defensively when you have Abdukin and Bartek playing center back and you we've seen now he's, he's capable of playing closer to the line if need be we have two center backs I mean two midfielders one of them is Lucas Torreira nobody can question how good he is and then Kerem Demirbay he is actually a really important person in this whole magic of what we're watching happening with Barishalpa at left back because Barishalpa likes to go forward. We've seen him. He plays close to the touchline. And it works with Kerem Akhtukurul because Kerem likes to play inwards, right? We, we've talked about this. When he's on the left wing, he likes to kind of shift centrally next to Mertens and Icardi. This leaves a lot of room on that left sideline for Barishalpa to attack, which he's been doing exceptionally. And now you have Kerem Demirbay, who's a very experienced midfielder. You can question his performances so far, whether he has met the expectation, you know, in the attack, in the creativity. But Kerem Demirbay has, I would say, high football IQ. He knows where to be on the pitch, what he needs to do. And not that long ago, I think it was against Bayern Munich, correct me if I'm wrong, but he played center back for a short period of time just because we didn't have any options off the bench. 
if Okan Buruk is trusting Kerem Demirbay to play center back, that means Kerem Demirbay has the ability to shift back into that, you know, drop into that midfield role, you know, a deeper midfielder and allow some way, some shape or form for Abdukerem Bardakçı, Lucas Torreira and Kerem Demirbay to fill in that defensive position that Barış Alper maybe cannot when Barış Alper goes into the attack. Again, we have to pre- pre- uh, preface this by saying Galsa is a very attacking team. Attack is what we should constantly focus on. And if we can utilize Barış Alper in the attack the way that we have been so far and make up for his weaknesses with a couple other players, that is a very, very interesting um, little little show that we have going on. And it's been working out pretty well. Um, I'm me, enjoying it. Let me ask you guys, who's the best left back in the league? Bad Unbiased. Team. John, do you agree? Because so I, I agree. Agree with what? Sorry. The best left back in the league. Ferdi. Oh, Ferdi? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess. And when did Ferdi go into that left back, that wing back role? Because that kid was usually a midfielder, but he transitioned into a uh, defender and he's doing great. But it took him how many seasons? So if Okan Buruk can somehow, just somehow convince uh, Barish to be a left back, a winger, a wing back, bro. This kid has so much potential. I'm telling you, you like, like the reason. Yeah, go, like let me just. Yeah, the ahead, reason why right. I really wanted this, like I thought, like because I said this kid has all the capabilities of a strong defender. Yeah, he he could be a good striker too, but like he just doesn't. I don't think he's old enough yet, because people like kind of compare him to Burak Yilmaz, but like Burak Yilmaz didn't come into his own until his later later years. Why waste those years when you could be something even better, which you have more potential in? And we do need a left back. That's Yale. So this is an amazing opportunity for him. But what were you saying, John? You know, I was just going to say, I don't think I can remember a player who can play left wing, right wing, striker, left back. <laughs> like Joker, Because his physique, man, his physique is insane. Like the, yeah, like the Joker card is just... Like it's just unimaginable. It's it's really insane, actually. So, um, I don't know. He's a good player to have, man, for that reason and absolutely you know, a lot of other reasons. But, um, now, do you guys have the same same opinion when it comes to Champions League? What would you do in the Champions League then? I mean, we have one game left before the winter window, and. I would play on Helinho there just because of his experience and his creativity going forward. Um, I would, I would play him. Wait, uh, wait! You saying you could play Angelino, but mm-hmm. you saying he has one more game before his contract goes into full fruition? So I, is that-, that 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 I'm not sure about. That's what I've kind of heard. Like my understanding, and I haven't seen anything official about it. But like he can play one more game. Without his claws being triggered, so that one game would be mm. the the remaining Copenhagen game. That's that's my understanding. Again, this is not uh, you know, confirmed or anything, but that's my understanding. And uh, assuming that, I would play on Helinho. Why? Why not just play what works currently? I I I, I wouldn't be against it. I, I wouldn't I be against it. Yeah, but, go, go ahead, go ahead, Yasin. Let, I I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be against playing Barish again there, but just because. This again, the sample size is a little bit too small. Yeah, they're gonna be 
who who do you trust to make the right decision defensively positioning all that in an important game that means a lot for this for this club i would go with the experienced player um, bro let me tell you something the way i saw angelino defend it wasn't that you know experienced like to me personally the way he defends, like he gives their like right wings so much space to freaking attack, and like by the time they get the ball and they get in, then he goes at them. But by then they're already gone, bro. They they have so much time to like think about what they want to do, and like he's not playing. At least Bush has two games. Usually, I would like after the pen if if the Copenhagen game was after Pendik where he played, I'd be like, nah, bro, this is Pendik. You know, I don't want to see any of that. But like. Aldona as well, he put two good performances back to back. I wouldn't be against it, to be quite frank with you. Let me say one more thing before I give it to John. Another reason why I would prefer Anelino to play in the left-back position in the Copenhagen game is because I'm almost certain Zaha will be playing that left wing. And Anelino would connect better with Zaha on that left side than I think Budish would. Um, and also because Kedem would not be playing on that left wing. When Kedem plays the left wing, he likes to get closer to Icardi. And then Barish can really take advantage of that space. But Zaha, as we know, likes to play wide. He likes the space. And then you can't really utilize Barish for his strengths at that left-back position. So I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm on the fence about it, to be fair. But I would prefer Nandino. Yeah, what I was going to say was... I Because I, I you have to understand, like I'm more of a cautious type. So I don't I don't know if I would risk if you can call it risk. I don't know if I would risk Budish in that match. Um just just because of his inexperience in the position. Like I think he I I'm, I'm not saying he can never play there in the Champions League and reach that level. I just don't know if I would at this moment in time. It's just such a critical match. Like I know there's a meme Every match we play, they post. It's the most important match in the history of Galatasaray or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But this match coming up, it kind of is, bro. Like this is, this match is just ginormous. So I, I don't, I'm not sure if it's something that I would risk. And I'm, I, I've also been saying I, I'm, you know, sort of of the opinion that uh, Angelino is not that bad to me. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see and understand. He's okay. Yeah, like all the problems people bring up with him, I totally see all of that and it's, I can it's understand. The defensive it. part, man. Yeah. It's really the defensive part. Like like I I I get all that entirely. Like I'm not here like, you know, hardcore fighting for him because I totally get it. But at the same time, I don't think he's like because a lot of people are like, "Oh, when Jan- he's done, when January comes, I never want to see this kid's face again." Like I I'm not like that. But Anyways, back to Budish. I don't know if I would just risk it in a match that's this huge, man. Like, this one is really for all the marbles. So, I don't know, man. Whatever happens, I respect Okan Buruk's decision. Because yeah. either way, if he plays Angelino, he does bad. He's going to get flamed. Oh, why didn't you play Budish iPad? He was doing good the last two games. You play mm-hmm. Budish iPad, he of does course. bad. You have Angelino. Why aren't you using him? So, it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. Of because course. whatever he does, he's either going to be good or bad. And the, the fact that he used Kazlam John against Bayern pretty much shows I don't think he gives a shit really what people have to say and he has some balls on him clearly because that was like downright reckless and he took the risk anyway 
Mm-hmm. And Cosmetron sold a couple goals there. So maybe it's like, oh, you guys keep saying Cosmetron, Cosmetron. Here, look, this is Cosmetron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those too. Yeah. Can you guys shut the hell up now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's literally what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, it's possible, but it's going to be interesting to see, man. Like I, I, I'm curious to know. You know, because we know Copenhagen, they have that style where they're just going to sit back, invite us in, and then counter us so hard. So the so how do you how do you play that now? Because they're sitting back, you want to use Bodish because he's going to add more to our attack, and so we can try to open them up. Or are you not going to use Bodish because he might be a liability when they start countering us? Can I can right? I make a prediction? Mm. Can I make a prediction? I think Angelino is going to play, and I think we're going to imply like apply some Fatih Tatum tactics. We're going to cross like crazy, and we might even see Bakambu in that bitch. Oh, Bakambu. Bakambu. Amateur prediction right here, baby. Bakambu and Icardi at the same time? Maybe not in the beginning, but maybe in like the second half if we can't open them up. We're going to start seeing a lot of crossing into that box. Because I, I, if I remember correctly, Copenhagen can't defend corners and set pieces and stuff. So you might see that. Yeah. I don't. I, this is such an interesting match, man. I can't wait for it. Um, yeah. If, but before we dwell, uh, dive more into it, let's uh, wrap up the other game. If you guys have more to speak on it. Yeah, I, have, I had our next topic locked and loaded here. Um, I really have to know what you guys thought about Tete. And oh, what, you yeah, thought, yeah. what you thought about is the match he had and you know how you think he fits in our squad going forward. Um, I think Tete was, had his best game despite missing like a ton of mm-hmm. chances. The game could have ended like 8-1 mm-hmm. if this kid just finished like half of his chances. Uh, I think this goes back to what Yasin was saying. And again, I don't want to seem like I'm stealing someone else's, uh, you know, you know, analysis. But Orhan Ulrich has been saying this for weeks. He's like, look, having Mertens allows you to play on the wings more efficiently. Having three men to work the ball with rather than just Tete and, you know, Bowie gave Tete a bunch of options and he's he has more space now. Instead of being cramped down by three players at once, he can at least take on one player and, you know, beat them. And then he, he did that plenty of times and he got into so many open chances. I can see him really coming to his own. Like, that game was very important for him. And especially when we might even employ uh, Ziyech at number 10, there's all the reason for him not to take that spot. But yeah. Yeah, what'd you think about him, uh, Yasin? Uh, somebody was asking a week or two ago, you know, we brought in this Brazilian kid and we're not seeing any Brazilian flair. And I said, that, and I said, we saw it in the beginning when he first came and he kind of got shy about it, right? You know, he, he was losing some dribbles and stuff like that. I think he was lacking a little bit of confidence and his understanding of, of where he belongs in the team. This game, we saw Brazilian Tete play Brazilian football. I mean, he was beating players one-on-one. He was beating players 1v2. You know, he was dribbling between two defenders. He was making the right pass. Uh, Again, you know, his finishing could have been much better. But that'll come with time. You know, that comes with the confidence. That comes with feeling yourself on the pitch. When you feel, you know, where you need to pass, how you dribble, once that all connects... Your finishing will come with that too. Sometimes you just need one goal and the rest follows, right? So I will trust the process. I will trust, you know, with time. I am 
confident that Okamburuk will give his reward to Tete for this great game. Maybe not necessarily against Copenhagen on Tuesday, but I think he will give him more minutes as, as the season goes on, as long as he continues to play this way. Uh, he looked very composed. I really liked his game. Um, uh, you know, we were starting to, I think, collectively as a fan base, start to really question, you know, Tete, um, you know, does he belong here? <laughs> because it's easy to do that when you have Yunus Abgun on loan, you have Zaniolo on loan. You know, you wonder, okay, when these players, if they come back, do they maybe deserve to play over a guy like Tete? And then you had Barish Alper making things confusing as well, given his performances. But, you know, in this game, Tete really showed us that he is a very solid option off the bench or maybe starter uh, throughout the rest of the season or next year. So really, really happy for him. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Zaniolo, by the way. Can I, can I, give, my, can I give my thoughts on Tete super fast? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Just super fast because, I mean, you guys, you said it all basically. Um, so like for Tete, who's according to transfer market, our most expensive player, um, I think it's kind of tragic. He didn't score in that game, although he was really fun to watch and was, yeah, he was doing his thing, man. Like step overs, cutting back, cutting inside, uh, just full Brazilian type of player. Like I was really happy to see that I, he should have scored man like it's not like he didn't have chances he had really good chances to put the ball in the net but um i'm hoping he can stick around like i i see so much potential in him you know he's 23 years old like i just see so much potential in him to grow as a good player but he's gotta he's he's gotta just step it up man like the ball he has to score these these chances that he's getting you know but i see him i see the twitter post i see him working hard so Let's let's see what he can do. I don't want I don't want to write him off, you know? You know what I noticed about Tete this game? For once, he didn't always cut into the midfield. Yeah, yeah. You know, he actually like cut to his right and go into the box for once in his life and that's uh, that's huge, bro, cuz then people can't really read you. You know, they can't anticipate what you're going to do. And it was very very important for him to start doing that. Because what I say, he's very one-dimensional earlier in the season. I said, people just know how to defend against him really well because he's just going to take the ball and go to his left towards the midfield. He did mm-hmm. do that a couple of times, but he did do the opposite and then like take the ball, drive it down the line as well, which is nice. Um, but like, yeah, I was going to mention, yeah, Zaniolo is probably coming back, lads. I don't think he's going to be staying at Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah. Um, as someone who make watches room, them. Make room for the kid. <laughs> the kid... He's kind of unlucky, man. He should have had like at least two, three assists and maybe a goal. Yeah, several but, goals, honestly. He had very good shots, very good volleys throughout the beginning of the yeah, season. Yeah, but the thing is, Unai isn't playing him the way Okan played him, if that makes sense. He is playing in this like left midfield-ish type role right now. And I don't see him playing well there like he played at Galsaray. Right now, Leon Bailey plays on the right wing. And he's not even playing as a substitute anymore when you have, um, what's this guy's name, Diaby coming in for him. So he's most likely coming back. I don't think Aston Villa is going to buy him. But honestly, I'd love to see him back because in a world where we get Ziyech and he plays the number 10 role, having Tete and Zaniolo on the right wing, unreal. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people forget that Zaniolo can play 10 as well. Eh, like, check, bro, check his 
history where he's played. He, he's played there he, a ton he, of times, bro. He played bro. the ten at uh, Villa too in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think he looked that bad to be honest. I don't. But he's not like. How do I explain it? He's not. He's not making the right decisions as a ten all the time. He does make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So it's like a Kedem situation where I think he would do better in his natural, you know, spot, which is the right wing. Even maybe as a sole striker, I don't know. They, he's never tried that Unai Emery because like Watkins is on fire right now. So, but in a world where Watkins did get injured, he might be able to take that role. But at the current moment, they look like they have no plans for him, and it seems like he will be coming back. Um, but boys, if we are done with Tete, I need to talk about this guy because we could have all the injuries on the team. Everyone could get injured. But there's one person that cannot get injured. Otherwise, we will struggle big time. And that is Lucas Torreira. Yeah. I think he was phenomenal this game. Phenomenal. Like, every single time Aldana pressed him, never gave the ball away. Always played the right pass. Played safe. Played quick. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable player, man. I, like, what are we going to do without Torreira, bro? I think he's a lot. I can't even say He's our second best transfer. I think he is our best transfer. Like insane for six million. He has to be, bro. Six million, bro. Yeah. He makes this game that we play possible. And it's just him, bro. He's carrying this midfield right now hard. Yeah. He's, Imagine he's if a he has two player. decent players beside him, dude. Yeah. This team will be another level. He's world class. Another bro. level. Like that's literally. I. There is no point in explaining him any other way. He is a world class player. That's it. And and he fits Okan Buruk's system perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, it's perfectly. So like I don't know if he'll fit any other system as well, but Okan Buruk's system is perfect. Like people used to say, but he's short. Doesn't matter. He's not gonna be going for air balls most of the time. Yeah. Since we play tight, packed, and up the field, you're gonna have Apo and Sanchez going for the headers most of the time anyway. It's actually funny you mentioned that. I don't know if you guys know. Um, what's that man? What's that United guy's name? Goldridge or Goldbridge or something? He does um these reaction videos for Manchester United. I, I remember one of the games we played them, he was raging, bro, because Torreira won a header. <laughs> he was Against just, who though? I can't remember. Someone in their midfield. Like he was he was just losing it. And I'm like, yeah, dude, Torreira can do there's nothing he can't do, bro. Like he's just he's world class, man. He's that guy. He is he's that guy. He really is that guy. Like he's th- it. He has to be our best transfer. Like Acardi is magic. Like on his day, but bro, like Torreira just never plays bad. He just never plays bad. He's the most consistent player that we have right yeah. now. Yeah, and and Nazar Damison, knock on yeah, wood. Someone knock on wood. Uh, yeah, There's no bro. wood next to me. Everyone listening, knock on wood right now. Yeah, because when he's not playing, you feel it in every which way, man. Like he's just phenomenal. And I've said this before, my favorite player ever is Felipe Melo. I love that guy, man. Like every match I've ever watched from that guy, I've just loved him to death. And I was like, he's such a winner, bro. He's still winning. Yeah, right now, bro. it's he's unbelievable, like bro. Like, and I, I've always said that's it, bro. Like he's he's done, and we're never getting anyone to fill his shoes. Like it's done. But bro, Lucas, we always say that, Lucas bro. Torreira, though. Like, <laughs> I, 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 he just leaves me speechless, bro. Like he's just so he's so good. Bro, and he just recently turned 27. Only 27. Oh Yasin, that's God, sick, bro. bro. Yeah, we need to uh, th- start thinking about a contract extension uh, before things get a little bit uh, icy, you know? With a year or two left, teams are going to start getting interested. Um, do you guys know how many years he has left with us? I think like two years left. Bro. But it's okay. Uh, Devrim Mavla. 
You know what to do. Lock him down, bro. Lock him down. Lock do, your, down. do your thing, bro. Lock him down. IRL contract. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After the after end of the season, he has two years left. So um, we need to really this summer think about how we want to shape the rest of our squad looking forward and give out extensions where needed. And that is also including Sasha Bowie. So it it kind of makes me sick to my stomach that this is a little little bit of a side note but it, it really makes me sick that he doesn't get called up for the national team how how is that possible you got to go ask bro, him, bro Uruguay, crazy. Like, you guys are dog water what what, <laughs> what are you guys doing you're not calling up lucas torreira are you you guys must be sick in the head bro how is that possible like you know i don't i don't know like i'm trying to think of it myself like bro they would have lucas torreira and valverde playing bruh what, well, what, they what, do have Bentancur right now in that midfield role with uh, De La Cruz. I don't know who De La Cruz is. Plays for River Plate, apparently. No, no, no. Forget, forget all that, bro. Yeah, like, I don't Lucas Torreira. You get John, kidding? Come on, guys. John, I don't give a fuck. Let him not call him. Up. Yeah, well, yeah, well, uh, bro. <laughs> yeah, so, it's not like we want him to go anyway. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. Well, so well. don't, you know, Uruguay national team manager. If you're listening to this podcast, just ignore everything, John. <laughs> yeah, said. just in, enjoy your River Plate Warriors. <laughs> yeah, if you play him, you will bump. <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah man not mad enough to not play him <clears throat> yeah um but anyways a couple of years left on his contract you know i i that when the time comes for us to have to you know buy another midfielder because in dombele god only knows what's going on with that we really have <laughs> to consider torreira bro like we, we really have to consider a player that's going to compliment torreira because Absolutely. Imagine you can bring in a player that's the same caliber as Torreira. Just imagine that, bro. The midfield is just locked. Like, that's it. You know, Adam <sighs> Timur did say that we can finally start spending. Uh, so this winter period is probably going to be very interesting. <laughs> and um, yeah, Yas, if you have anything to say, I wanted to get into a little bit of Unitim antics. I mean, Real just going to compliment what John said. When you have a player of Torreira's caliber, you need to take advantage of it as much as possible while he's here. And that's finding a midfield that's going to allow Lucas to play fully to what he's capable of. And as crazy as this might sound now, as much as after all this complimenting that we just did for Torreira, I still don't think we're using him as good as we possibly can. There is a creative side to Torreira. There's a side to him where he can really push the ball up as a number eight that we haven't been able to see because everybody that we couple with him, he still have like he still has all this responsibility of having to stay back and play that number six role. Uh so you know if we can get a number eight that really works next to him, a combo six eight box to box, my God, that midfield is gonna be insane. Yeah, yeah. And um we can see how good he is in both roles. Like he's so dynamic as a player. And uh, I can't really wait to see what Okamburuk and um, Adan Timur is going to do. And shout out to Adan Timur. I know he's been getting the short end of the stick from the from the Galatasaray uh, US, the members, the the people who basically do nothing and complain all the time about this man who's been providing this team uh, like unimaginable things. Taking the team from 13th place and bringing him to be champions. And here they are. I don't know their names because I never cared. They're that unimportant to me. Complaining about Adam Tumor, trying to bring him down, trying to take the spotlight from him. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Are you, are you guys bigger than the club? 
No, he's doing everything for the club. What are you guys doing? That's just a little rant I needed to do. If there's any golf that I remember listening, hopefully you guys can explain my thoughts <laughs> on that podium because, and, and you know what you know, Fatih Tidham said, like this is going to be like a quick abbreviation of what he said, not abbreviation, but like a rundown. It's not the enemies outside that are the problem. It's the enemies that we have inside that are the biggest problem. And it really goes to show you how big of a problem it is. Because you have a man here that's been making you so successful. Of course, it's not just Adnan Timur. That's probably why they're bad. Because he's getting a lot of the spotlight. But you have a man that's been very successful. And already his second year is getting flame from his own members. Yet you have other, you know, um, presidents and other clubs that's been there five years. And they're still getting their asses kissed by their members. Majority of them. Look how different it is. Some could argue this is not a bad thing because it's good to have some, you know, criticism. But this is not criticism. This is legit bringing a man down. Trying to make him look bad in front of other people. Trying to cause false allegations to, you know, um, negate his chances of becoming, you know, the, the, the president or anything down the future. They need to stop this. This is not right. And I don't accept that. It's... No. It's it's the country that we operate in, right? I, I was just gonna say it. that, yeah. You know, as sad it is to always bring up, and it, I I don't mean to sound like I'm speaking down on my my own country and all that, but this is reality, right? There's a lot of politics involved. Some people are losing their jobs or giving less responsibilities because I think we can all agree on one thing, and that's the club has not necessarily been run perfectly. From A to Z in all our departments for God knows how many years now. There's always yeah. something wrong, always something that could be improved. And that that applies to every organization. No matter how well you're run, there's areas that could be improved. For Gala's site, there's a lot of areas to be improved. And, you know, we're seeing these changes. Some of them, I'm sure, are happening internally without making its way to the media and social media for us to see. And I, I assume Adam Tumor is in charge of this. So people are going to be unhappy. And you know how things work in Turkey. There's connections. People look out for each other's backs. You know, if one person's happy, unhappy, and they happen to be an older person or somebody who has a lot of connections, everybody's going to back them up, regardless if it's right or wrong. And sometimes people are going to go against those who are successful in spite. Uh, so... There's a lot of cleaning to do at the club, and I just hope that the important majority back Adam Tumor, and I think the important majority for the most part is the fans. So if anything happens to Adam Tumor, the fans will definitely have something to say about it. So that's where I have a little bit of confidence. You you did make a good point. The club is not being run perfectly. I know a lot of people are complaining about the basketball team. It's being run like amateurs, and they brought a coach back that nobody wanted. I don't think Adam Tumor is responsible for that branch. But then again, it's, I found out the guy's name is called Turgay Kudan or whatever his name is. Like, are, are, were you there when this club needed a sponsor? Did you go into your own pockets and sponsor with your own company when this, com uh, this club needed a sponsor? No, you only come out when the club is doing well. You know, people that are going to complain, you have the right to complain if you do something. If, you, if you're just, all you're going to do is complain and not bring any solutions, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's the, that's the end of the matter for me. Yeah, I have nothing uh, to say on that, bro. It's Turkish problems. Like, <laughs> that simple as that, bro. I, I, I try not to... It, I, I it, trust, do, it does my head in, bro, if I get too deep into it. Like, I trust Galatasaray fans, majority of us, 
we we know what's right. We see what's happening. It's just a very um, vocal minority, right? The, the, they're they're just very loud about it. But when time comes, the majority will stand for Erdan Timur and everybody, whoever is you know doing anything to help this club, whether it be Dursun Uzbek, even though he didn't do well, he's trying now. He's doing better. So we give him the benefit of the doubt. Erdan Timur and um, yeah, Metin Ustruk, we. I'm gonna support y'all as long as you guys run this club better every each passing day. Um, but yeah, back to Galsaray. Guys, we say Budish is our joker, but we have one more joker. And he's he went on Twitter and said he feels very honored to be playing in this legendary club and enjoying every minute he gets. And that's Goat Kambu or Gol Bakambu Bakagol. I think, bro, I think people wrote him off way, way too easily in the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. Right? And, dude, he's making the most of every minute he's getting, and you need these kind of players. He reminds me of Mitrolo almost, right? Like coming in and scoring those those crucial goals, getting that penalty for Cardi. That game could have ended 2-2 for all you know, the other end of the game. And we got that crucial penalty. What do you guys think? Bakambu. Yeah, Bakambu, um, I was mentioning the not the last episode, the one before that, I think. Um he's, you know, if he came to this club understanding the role that he was gonna be given, um, I would say he he's you know, fulfilling that as of right now. Like he's coming off the bench and being impactful when we need him to be. Right. And um yeah, he he at the beginning of the season like you said, I even I kind of wasn't really convinced, but um the last few times he's come off the bench for us, he's looked good, man. He's been impactful. We felt a difference, won a penalty, you know, scored a I think it was the Pendixport game, he scored a goal, scored against Bayern. Um yeah, he's got to keep doing his thing, man, cuz you really really need players like that when things aren't going your way or you're just you know, stuck in the mud a little bit. You have those guys you can bring off the bench and make a difference. And he's been doing that. So super grateful for that. And um, his uh, Twitter account, he's showing the love on Twitter as well, which I thought was fake. Like, I, I still don't know if it's real, to be honest. But the official Galstrike page follows him, according to Yasin. So mm-hmm. I, I'm i going to go ahead and assume it's real. But uh, he's showing the love over there. So uh, good and on And then him. he like... Replies to a picture of uh, Bowie that the Galatasaray page posted, Star Bowie, and he like requotes it saying Adam, mm-hmm. like that's a mensch. Yeah, you know how we yeah. say menches. This is a mensch right here. But you know him and Bowie are like boys, right? Him, Bowie, and Ndombele. Like I don't know if you guys watch the the French Connection. Zaha, Zaha as well. He, I he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I don't know if you guys watch the um like when they show our training sessions on YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I watch every single one, like every minute of it. I get a full fucking hard on for those type of things. But <laughs> when you see the players coming out, it's always those three, bro. Always. You'll always see Bowie and Dombele, Bakambu coming out. Zaha, like Yasin said, you know, following yeah. as well. You'll always see that. So, yeah, I like that. They're, you know, Bowie and Bakambu, they're boys, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys, can we really expect or think of a better striker alternative than Bakamba. We talked about it when he first transferred. He has the experience. He has the ability to play. He has scored lots of goals in his career and not by mistake, not by luck. It's because he is a finisher. That's what he does. 
And to see him accept this role and appreciate where he is, be humble about it. You know, Galsai is an enormous club. We don't say it just because we're biased Galsai fans. We say it because it's the truth. I've, every other week you see something new on social media, whether it's a bunch of Colombian guys in Colombia rapping about Galsai. Uh, I saw a, par- a Paraguayan soccer team that calls themselves Galside. They play in Galside jerseys. Like, yeah, bro, it's crazy how big this club is. And when you bring in players, they need to understand that because if they understand that, then they play for the badge, they play for the fans. And when they don't play, they can understand why they're not playing and respect those that are playing as long as the coach is making the right decisions. You know, as long as he's being fair, which Okan Buruk... Correct me if I'm wrong, but Okan Buruk is a very fair coach. If you are playing well, you play. You get more minutes. If you don't play well, if you cause issues, you don't play well. He is always trying to win every single player in the squad and help them understand what they mean to this team. And when you have Icardi in front of you, you either you accept that and play your limited minutes or you you get out because there's no if buts and maybes about it you know whether you look at from a financial perspective in terms of how much Icardi makes or more so what he provides for this team in terms of his goals his assists and his attitude on the pitch even when he's not scoring goals so but Campo understands that yeah he's very as John said very good friends with a couple of the guys what more can you expect? The only thing that I would really wish otherwise is he was Turkish, but you know we're <laughs> gonna take that. We're gonna take that for what it is, and uh, I'm I'm very happy with him. Um, he's proofing a lot of haters wrong because, as you said, Emre, there were a lot of people who, after ten minutes, twenty minutes, yeah, one bro, or two it's ridiculous, games, man. Who's this fucking guy, Bakambu? Why did we bring him? He's ass. Blah blah blah. Are you kidding me, bro? Turkish mentality, man. Like you said, it's just so quick to write off people. Come on, give him more time, bro. It's a beginning of the season. And what do you expect someone to do with 10 minutes? He's not messy. He's not going to provide you magic immediately. Unreal, yeah. man. Yeah, good for you. Bro, him. imagine he scores the winner against Copenhagen. Bro. I'm saying, bro, I'm, I don't know. I, <laughs> Can you imagine? Dude, I would, I would, like, I don't even know how I do, bro. Like, that That would, I don't, that's just crazy. But Kambu, bro, like... What? <laughs> Can you imagine he came in who was like 0-0 and scored the winner? Dude, uh, that would be sick. Well, since you brought it up, let's uh, talk a little bit about the Copenhagen game. What do you guys expect? Before before we get to that, just a quick note on Icardi. I mean, it's becoming repetitive to always compliment Icardi, but you know he did a really good yeah. job this game too. Uh, his assist to Kerem was incredible. His awareness on the pitch is incredible. I think he provided a very similar goal scoring opportunity to Tete, which he missed. But you know, as I just touched on, Icardi, even though if he if he's not scoring goals, which he did in this case with the penalty, he's he's doing something on the pitch. He's not just standing around and doing nothing when he's not scoring. He is involved all the time. So huge, huge credit to him as well. I think he was huge in this one against other than this. I don't know if you guys want to say anything else, but it would, well, it would have felt my transition wrong. is gone. So yeah. say it again. <laughs> my transition is gone now. So now we can keep talking about Cardi. <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of talking about Cardi. I I love Cardi. He's like the guy. He's the guy. He's the man. What do you? What can you say? It's like Torreira. It's like sometimes he'll have bad games, but like most of the time he's he's good, and he's even like him and Kedem. For some reason, we didn't touch on Kedem at all. 
But he was pretty good this game too, especially in the first half. He played pretty well. But him and Ocardi just have this special bond between them. And it just increases their output so much. I don't know. Even after the game, um, Kedem was like, yo, I love Ocardi. We're always trying to score or make each other score goals and trying to assist each other. It's good to see. And so that's something I don't really see with Zaha. Zaha doesn't like um, lock on missile mode to Icardi like Kedem does. So maybe he prefers Kedem playing on the left wing. I don't know. But that's about everything I want to say regarding the game. Okay. John, do you have anything else to add? Um, no, n- nothing to add to that. I did give you the uh, transition on a on a plate there, you know, but... Uh, I did, you did, you <laughs> did. And then Yasin just had to my, my play bad, the reverse bro. Uno card. Listen, <laughs> it, it, felt, it felt wrong. Yeah, true. Not talking about it, Cardi. True, true, true. But uh, maybe we can get into it now, Emre. Take us away. Let's just imagine I gave you the, the transition again. John, just take us to the Tottenham. Uh, fucking... <laughs> It's a Copenhagen game. Let's just get straight into it. What do you? Uh, what are your thoughts, guys? What, uh, I don't know. I'm expecting a hard game, but John's telling me they're butt cheeks. So, uh, you know, know. Let, okay. Let me let me break down my view of this. Okay, so I think it was uh, two days ago. So I rewatched our first game against them. Okay, now there's some differences. Of course, we're at home. You know, we had a different lineup than we're gonna have on Tuesday, guaranteed. You know, early in the Champions League campaign. I just really think that the style that they play and the the talent and players that they have, I just don't think that they can match up to us. Because in matches like this, like, dude, like I mentioned before, this one is for all the marbles, bro. This This is a huge match, bro. Like... Imagine, like, this is a, like, winner moves on, bro. Like, that's simple as that. Winner moves on. You know? There's some, there's, you know, financially, there's a lot on the line. Um, and I just don't think, even though we're away, I just don't think that they, they can beat us in a match like this. I'm refusing to believe that. I'm refusing to believe that the players that we have are going to let this slip away, bro. Like, Icardi, Sasha, Torreira, Abdul Kerim, Muslera, I'm just refusing to believe they're going to let this slip away. Um, now, you look at the previous results from Copenhagen. Nothing but losses and ties. They won their last game, which was the cup game, but they lost on aggregate and they got eliminated. Um, so they're just not intimidating to me. And like I said, I watched the first match against them, although there's going to be differences on Tuesday. They got outplayed so badly, man. Like, it's tragic. Nothing short of a tragedy that we didn't win that match. But I just, I don't think they can match up to us. And I don't think our players are going to let this slip away. Especially to, you know, some bullshit class in Vavro, whoever the, these bullshit players they have, bro. I just, I just don't, at the end of the day, I just don't think that they're going to be able to get it done against us. You so. know... I don't know, man. This team held their own against Byron at away defensively. And what do they have to do? They just have to not lose. And if they need to score, we see that they can score because they've done it plenty of times in the Champions League. Again, Champions League is different, man. It's just a different beast. Teams play differently. Players are motivated differently. 
it could be to our benefit too. The players might be, you know, all our players will be like highly motivated to win. And we do play finals pretty well, I would say. I mean, because we're Turks, we live everything to the last minute. But, you know, <laughs> we'll probably, I, I don't know, man. I'm really nervous about this game. I hope you're right. I really want to stick it in Grabara's face. Oh, that's that another douchebag. Jeez, man. Yeah, man. I like, I don't know. I'm expecting a lot of bullshit to happen in this game. Like a lot of like, un, how do I say this? Unconventional methods try to, trying to get them to open up. Like Okan Buruk knows how they play when they need to defend. Because they can defend. They did it at our house. They did it against United. They did it against Bayern. So we'll see. It'll be a tough game in my opinion. Yeah, and I should also mention, there's some, uh, how can I say, man? There's some stardust being sprinkled on this match. Just the fact that the stadium that this match is being played in, man, this is this is the stadium from the 2000 UEFA Cup. Like, Parkin Stadium. Bro, does that not seem like, surely, this is written in the stars, bro? Like, I, I couldn't. Like, this is just crazy. And, like, I, I feel like a lot of people are not realizing almost. Like, the match that we had against Juventus, was it not the same scenario? Winner moves on, no? Yeah. Bro. Schneider's very last minute goal. We're still, like that. we're still talking about that match. I think it's been 10 years, no? Something like that? 2014, 2015, Bro, yeah. We're still talking about that match. These are These are the matches that come along every 10 years bro and like i said i i just you know in my heart i just don't think there's a scenario where we let this slip away if we do let this slip away i'm going into depression i'll tell you that right now simple as that <laughs> the simple simple as that there's no doubt about it but i just don't see it happening bro i can't envision it happening not against copenhagen bro if we were going away to like arsenal or something i would say okay maybe we're in trouble i i can't see it bro I don't know, man. I think you're giving a lot of people false expectations here, personally. Let's just see how it goes, all right? Let's just see. We got to have some belief, bro. Like, we, I mean, I have belief, bro. But- we, don't, we, we don't have a small team with small players. We have, yeah. uh, we're a huge club. We're giants, bro. I don't care what anyone says or what anyone, if they have a different opinion. It's not true. We're giants. Yasin just said, bro, we have... Like people in the slums of Colombia singing, making songs about like we're giants, bro. There's no other way around it. We have giant players that know Can I how play to play. Devil's like this. advocate here. Play I think maybe because Turkish people give you a lot of coverage, they like posts a lot and very active on Instagram. That's why some people might be capitalizing off these uh, Instagram posts, trying to uh, appeal to all the Turkish people out there. Like Galatasaray fans, yo, anything Turkish related, you're gonna go into that post and you're gonna see Turkish flag. Yeah, they feed off it. Turkey yeah. mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. But, but no, again, then again, Galatasaray has been big for a long time yeah. now. You, I, I remember Rooney's kid was wearing a Galatasaray kid back in the day. Like what? Random stuff like that. Yeah. Right, like random stuff like that all the time. Like Icardi's kid before he even like was mentioned with uh, Galatasaray, his little one was wearing. I forgot the girl, the little girl's name, but. Yeah. She's wearing Galsara kit. So, yeah, I'm not debating that, bro, but I'm just debating how hard it is to play against these guys who 
have all the cards in their hands, basically, because all they have to do is not lose. But that that could be difficult, though. If we like, if they if they're going into the match saying, "Okay, guys, we just have to hang on for ninety minutes," like I don't see that working well for them. Like, surely that can't be your game plan. You know, of course you have it in the well, back. They're gonna want to win, yeah. But they have that like that that thing in the back of their head saying, "Yeah, we like even if we concede." Yeah, like we can still beat them, and like if we tie, we're Gucci. Like they can yeah, still play. Yeah, you can you can force things out of teams that do that, bro. And again, it's it's just Copenhagen, bro. Like that, that this is the point that I'm always been trying. Like I, I'm always trying to make. It's that everyone always makes our opponents out to seem like some, you know, just giants. Like they're not. It's just Copenhagen. You know, we ha- we we have to. We have to just sort of bring ourselves back to reality. Like, look at the situation. It's just Copenhagen. You're telling me Galatasaray can't beat Copenhagen? Doesn't matter. I'm not here, saying you know? that they're a big team. I'm just saying that their form at the moment has not, well, not in their own respective league. But again, you know, it's they're Copenhagen, but look what they did against Bayern and United, you know? So we can't really underestimate them by any means necessary. That's really my point. Yeah, not that I'm making them out to be like Real Madrid. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah, like the the I I don't I don't give them much respect. Like the the result they had against Bayern, a nil nil. I mean, they just they did nothing really. Like they just sat back. Like they were just holding on for their dear lives. Like Bayern couldn't crack them. Okay, should have got a penalty at the end. Bayern had huge chances. They couldn't score. But I don't know. That, that, what a game, yeah. by the way, to put a female referee in for the first time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's hilarious. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I'm not... We got screwed so hard in the Champions League by these refs, man. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to get canceled now, but yeah, I there's... I have no, some... they can ref, but I'm saying like... <laughs> the first game, that's the game you guys pick? Come on. Yeah, I know. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. It's totally true. Yasin, what do you think about the match, man? I feel I feel good. It's obviously a tough away game, given how what everything is on the line. But I think John hit the nail on the head. It's there's a clear difference in two clubs and the two teams, uh, the players that are playing, what we are capable of doing as a team and individually as well. Just look at every single player that is expected to play in that game. They can all do something individually. And our last few performances show us that we can do a lot as a team as well. The mentality is what's going to win us this game. Um, you know, Okamburuk has the experience in Copenhagen winning. He has the experience as a manager, big game player, uh, player and manager being with Galsai for so long. Icardi, Martins, Muslera, these players have next level mentality that helps them win in big games like this, but also helps their teammates win in big games like this. God forbid we fall behind. We have the mentality to turn the game around. Every single game in this Champions League, we could have won. Every single game in this group stage, we could have won. The first game against Copenhagen, we tied 2-2. But anybody with two eyes that watched that game knows that Galatasaray could and should have won that game. How many games have throughout this season have we fell behind and turned around and won or should have won or tied the game. I mean, everything's in our hands. Um, the players that I do expect to make a big impact are rested. Zaha, last two games, is well rested. 
Uh, Icardi looks like he's really getting back into his groove after that injury. I mean, things look good. God forbid, you know, as long as there's nothing that uh, is shocking from a referee perspective, injury perspective, God forbid. But I really do think things are in a hand and we know we need to win this game and we will win this game. Uh, I, I believe that. Yeah, well, what are your score predictions then? John? Um, I think I think that we're gonna win 2-0. 2-0. Yeah, I think we're gonna win 2-0. Okay, yeah. okay. Yes, sir. I'll say the same thing, man. 2 nothing feels like a very appropriate scoreline for this game. Like I, I see this is how I see the match playing out as well. I see us controlling the match. I see us having like maybe 60% possession because I know that they're just going to be scumbags and just try to hang on like they do in every single match. Not respectable whatsoever, in my opinion. I think we're going to control the match. I think we're going to get in really good positions and have really good chances. I think we're going to miss some of them as usual. I think that eventually we're going to find the breakthrough. It might even be through a penalty. I think that the more the match goes on, I think Copenhagen realized shit, we really need a goal. I think they're going to try pushing and I think we're going to get the second through someone like maybe Kerem, you know, on the counter, someone with some speed. That's how I see the match playing out. So let's see. See what happens. Let's see. A quick note though. Let's just hypothetically say we don't make it through and we go third place and off to Europa. Would that upset you guys? Yeah. Would you guys be okay with that? No, I'm not okay with it, bro. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not okay with Yasin? it because yeah, I, let, let me tell you, let me just say briefly before I give it to Yasin, we should already be through. Like we, the, yeah, the, the yeah. fact that we're in this position, tragic. We should already be through. The fact that we're even having this discussion is already not good enough. So, you know, it's as simple as that. Anything other than getting out of this group is a failure. You know, oh, I think that's a little harsh, but bro, we should already be through though. We should already be through. Like we should have, we should have gotten right. You can't. No, of course. But 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 I'm saying that regardless of what happens in this match, like the fact that we're even having this discussion, something has already gone wrong, bro. And that's that the matches that we 100% should have secured, we didn't secure. So if we're going to Europa League. That's tragic. I'm not happy with that because there's no reason why we couldn't have made it through. Like the 2-2 drop, can't even get into that. The fact that we couldn't take a point off Bayern, bro, it's been a while since I've seen an injustice like that. A while. Again, like the injustice that you're talking of, like a lot of things happen, not only with misses, but I hate to be the guy that always brings this up, but the ref... Performances was bad. Yeah, we in got, both we got, games, if yeah, you ask me, we got fucked several times. Like, there's no doubt about. Actually, that. the first Bayern game was good. I'm sorry, not that game. The second game, yeah, was bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I'm happy with the performance that the team showed, and I'm not gonna shit on them if they don't make it through, because this isn't the end of the road. This is the start of something greater, if you ask me. And um, remember what happened with Five to Ten Squad. They didn't get through as well and they went to Europa and they won the UEFA Cup and then you know we what was it that season afterwards we went to the quarterfinals in the Champions League so anything's possible like if we don't make it this this uh, year it, it's not the end of the world we'll come back stronger next year 
And we'll, if we don't, regardless, we're going to be stronger. Just faith, faith and, and patience. I know it's hard, but you just got to stick through with it. Yes. And let me get the final word from you before I close it off. Yeah, I mean, I'll be hugely disappointed if we don't make it the Champions League. I won't be extremely upset unless we finish fourth. And that is a possibility that we have to accept, right? Manchester yeah. United could beat Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich just lost their last game. I mean, so did United, I believe. But anything can happen in football. Um, United can beat Bayern. Copenhagen can beat us. These things could happen. Finishing fourth would be extremely disappointing. Europa yeah. League, also disappointing to John's point. After all the performances that we put in, if we cannot advance in this group, especially given how this last game is set up on a plate for us, you win, you advance, and you don't do that, that is going to sting like a motherfucker. But Europa League is still a great competition. And you can go in to this Europa League next stage and say to yourself, this team can do some serious damage and like make it to the finals and maybe win the cup again. That's the for- sort of belief and thought process that we'll go through. I don't want to. I'd rather just think about the Champions League and I hope that's what happens. But um, I agree with both of you. I mean, worst case scenario, you move on to Europa League and you look next year and say, okay, last year we did this in the group stages in the Champions League. Hopefully we win the league again this year and we do even better next year. So, um, inshallah, I listen. You know, I do hope we move to the Champions League. I think that's where this team belongs. Like, the squad that we have, this is a Champions League squad. So, um, hopefully we can continue that way. Yep. And uh, those who have listened to us this far, you guys belong in our hearts. Uh, You've been listening to episode 73 of The Lion's Den. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at The Lion's Den GS. Send us memes, comments, feedback, whatever your heart desires. We're always open to all of them. You need an invite to Discord. We got you. And with that, we will give you a very own, your very own status of GOAT when you join. And, you know, you could come, hang out, chill, watch games with us, whatever your heart desires. And, uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in and staying with us this far. Hope you guys have a good one. Take care and peace out. Peace. Peace.